There's what you learn in the history books. Then there's the truth. Decades of evidence, tons of theories. Did a lone gunman take out our beloved president, or did the government have a more sinister plot? This week's episode is The Assassination of JFK, Part 2. Up, bump in the night, your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless, you're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood. I'm gonna kill you. Okay, so my. I have a question. I hope I have an answer. Was there ever a thing that you, aside from Santa Claus, uh-huh. because Santa Claus is real, but the thing that you ever believed that you, as a kid, that was like wretched away from you, like you were so sure, Ooh. or like we talked about uh, that I wanted to marry John Lennon and I wanted and found to marry Elvis. <laughs> My sister watched the reruns of the Monkees TV show, which was the Monkees was oh, yeah, shot the in the sixties. Yeah. They played the reruns on MTV in the nineties, uh-huh. and she was so sure that that was a current, like she didn't know oh. that that was the sixties. And then, meanwhile, they the Monkees found a resurgence in popularity, and then they went on a worldwide tour. So there were ads for it, and within the span of seconds, the Monkees aged thirty five years, <laughs> yes. and she was like, "What's wrong she, with their she faces?" She thought Davy Jones was much sexier she was than like, he actually. I'm going to go to the Davy Jones concert, and I'm going to get him. And then she's like, "Oh God!" But she was like, "What happened to their?" faces uh so yeah just like you had such a strongly held belief and you had to like let it go um god (laughs) (laughs) got him (laughs) okay (laughs) uh although i never really had that strong of belief in that but i do remember uh i mean i was raised like really religious no not at all not really religious but i mean i well i did go to a an episcopalian private school but that didn't have as much to do with the religion as just that it was like a private a private school. school. Um, but my parent, I mean, I was baptized and we went to church on like holidays, mm-hmm. sometimes maybe on a Sunday here and there. But it was never like I I don't look back on it and think like, oh man, that was really that I got beat over the head with it or anything. But did like you that. deeply believe it and then it was wretched away that it wasn't? Really- I. I did not really ever deeply believe. I mean, I believed it because I was a kid and you don't know not to believe things. That's true. Um, But I do remember in fifth grade having this realization where I was like, I just don't understand how something could have always been. Because, you know, it's like, well, God's just always existed is what they would tell you. And it's like, well, who made God? He's just always been here. First of all, I should have been like, he but I wasn't, I wasn't how I am now. <laughs> First of all. But what? I, I just was like, that just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and then like throughout high school, I mean, it wasn't like a thing in college is when I was like, oh, okay. I think this is what I am. Like, I didn't ever know oh, okay. like what agnostic. Coming to terms atheist. with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would never say I deeply believed where, to where I felt like it was wretched away. It was more like, I was like. Oh, this this makes sense of 
why I felt this way all along. It was almost like a relief, like a, a coming to terms or realization. Well, once we, once I got, and I'm sure you feel the same way, into this like research of all of the sp- conspiracy theories and the various like possibilities, and just like reading as much as I have and you have, I just remember as a kid, it was very like, well, the president came to Dallas and then he got shot. And I remember in sixth grade, we went to the sixth floor museum mm-hmm. and like, which is, you know, at the old book depository. And we just like walked through it and it just is what it is. And they're like, that's what happened. Okay. Get back on yeah. the bus, have your sandwich. We're going back. Uh, except for my mom went, she was our uh, chaperone. And since so she yeah. had like lived through it, she was the same age when he got assassinated as I was when we were going to go, by the way, my mom was top notch grade a chaperone she oh, was very much can miss nancy can we do this i don't care <laughs> nancy would be a great chaperone. she was number one chaperone but we started getting the elevator to go to the six four museum and she like had a panic attack and it was the first time i ever saw my mom not be like everything's fine i was like uh because and, she flashed back to that day yeah that she just was, like got really upset and oh, she was wow. just like we all like hoped and we like really believed in mm. him and then this happened and oh my god she was just like i can't go up there like i can't see it oh, wow. i don't want to be up there and so she stayed downstairs and like the school went up there I thought you were going to say y'all got in the elevator and she pulled this, the emergency stop was like, all right, kids, now here's what really happened. LBJ did it. <laughs> um, so. I remember my mom saying that her mom was really, really upset because yeah. um, my mom's uh, family is from Ireland and Catholic. And oh, he so was the first Catholic president. He was the president. first, like, and he was Irish, so it was like a huge thing for them. I remember my dad saying he, they just came in and were like, this is what's happened. School's canceled. And he said, he just remembers going like, sweet. We don't have to go, go to school. Cause it wouldn't, I don't, I guess he was in like in sixth grade. I don't yeah, know. Do the, I don't, I'm not going to do the math, but I don't think, I mean, it, if I was in sixth grade and something like that happened, I don't think it would have registered with me like how serious it really was as opposed to like if it happened now. Well, I got in trouble and. Fifth grade. Oh, I know what you're going to say. Mr. Shirley's class. Did I tell this story on the podcast already? <laughs> no, we had that. Is this about how you laughed when the, the Challenger, Challenger exploded? <laughs> <laughs> we had that scene in the oh, cold. You guys were like, that was so wild that you laughed at the Challenger explosion. I was like, oh, that was just my childhood. Like, <laughs> Mr. Shirley's class, fifth grade. It, by the way, I'm not that old. The Challenger exploded in 1986 when I was born, but they played a video yeah. and it was this really dramatic, emotional video. It must have been, I, you know what? It must have been the 10 year anniversary because it would have oh, been yeah. like 10. And uh, it was all about Krista McAuliffe and it was like she her lifelong dream. She was a kindergarten teacher and then she got to dr- be an astronaut like she always wanted. And then they don't warn you. And I didn't know what we were about to watch. And then the, the thing takes off. It gets in the air. Blamo very quickly, blamo very quickly, blamo. And I think I was like in shock, and I just was like cackled, like I was just like, <laughs> and because you're like, is this a bit? No, and I was the t- and it, it's I like think a Monty Python. It's bit. like it was such like thick irony, and I yeah. didn't know how to process it. And I was a tall kid, and so I had to like stand in the back. So I was, like, my cackle was echoing oh, through no. this portable. Which I don't know if everybody oh, like. Do again. people around the world have portables? In America, our schools aren't big enough They're for how kind many of like trailers. Yeah, the schools aren't big enough for how many kids there are. So they make these like quote unquote portable classrooms. Yeah. You call them portables, and it's like a trailer, like a mobile home yeah. with like cinder blocks under it, and that's where you have class. Anyway, it's very echoey uh, from what I remember. So yeah, I think it's like ah, it was just like. And did ironic. you get in trouble? Oh yeah, he but took me outside. Did Nancy say kids process grief different? <laughs> 
pretty much exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I said in our scene. Exactly. Not even she's knowing like, that. She's just, you know, that's just how she would deal with it. That's but why that's I came true. off stage and I was like, you said exactly what my mom said. People, people do, like, especially kids, they laugh when they're uncomfortable or they're embarrassed. I was very uncomfortable. Also, yeah. he was scary. He was this humongous guy. He looked like uh, Benson Honeydew from The Muppets, but like... <laughs> <laughs> a solid like seven foot tall from you know sixth, from what you remember fifth grade yeah. height and then he always wore a short he dressed like Dwight Schrute but he had a head nice. like Benson Honeydew oh wow yeah, it was a he tough sounds combo. like my seventh grade science teacher Mr. O'Connell he probably changed his name and moved schools. <laughs> he, who, well, we're, that would have been a lot of eight years apart. But he wore, he dressed like the typical science teacher. He was an older man. He had like horn-rimmed glasses, yep. tie clip, pocket protector. Every and time. I just remember in seventh grade when we had sex ed, they split up the boys and the girls and he had to teach the boys. And, I, and everyone was just like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, he's like the penis. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I would have paid to have been in that class when he had to explain like erections to this just a bunch of dickhead seven year seventh year old i think we were all in the same no we, they split us up they split us up and talked about periods and stuff yeah 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 we got our changing up. bodies i remember when we had to bring home permission slips to take the class oh yeah and my mom was like as long as you don't bring any homework home y'all you can do it i gave her the permission slip and she's like do you want to do this and i was like yes you're like i need i have I some questions learning nothing at home i love you guys but that we don't talk about that did here. you have the talk hell no you never got the talk no when, uh, when i started my period i think i told this story on the podcast she just came in and was like this is a t- oh yeah yeah here's right. a tampon here's and you're like how the hell do i put this in with to look at the instructions it's a those instructions woman. that are you got to have like a fucking nasa degree to be able to Terrible. what that means terrible i had the talk twice oh god yeah i guess it didn't take the first <laughs> i don't remember why i remember i had to ask jeeves about sex that's right that's, that's right who well i, I mean i didn't talk about that stuff you didn't ask your just, mom how to give a classic hell, handy hell no but i she did like explain how babies are made and i just remember being the penis goes into the mortified vagina. staring at the ground the whole time like i'm sure every kid is when you don't want to talk about coming with your parents I don't want to talk about anything like that with Mm-mm. with my parents. Nope. But but I do want Ella to feel like it's not a big deal if she has a question. Yeah. Or that things are like off limits and stuff. And we call like stuff by its name. Oh really? Like real names? Well, I mean right now she's too young to understand. But I'm yeah. I plan on calling it like vagina. Yeah. And uh well I'll probably say butthole. I probably won't say anus. <laughs> Instead of like <laughs> your hoo ha or your lady mound or oh, something. Oh God! <laughs> Don't ever call a baby's vagina their lady mound. No. Oh man! Speaking of mounds and knolls, <laughs> there nice. you go. That Slick. might be the slickest segue we've had in twenty six <laughs> episodes. Today we are discussing the second part of our JFK assassination. Jovember F. Kennedy. Yes, it's almost over. I know. Um, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, marked the 55th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy in our dear hometown of Dallas. And, you know, there was a parade, as there usually is. With the reenactment, if you guys aren't from Dallas, <laughs> yeah, they, I'm just kidding. We don't know. Oh that. man, I was just thinking how insane that would be if we did something like that. I wanted to go down to the grassy knoll to see if there was anything going on, but uh, it was Thanksgiving. 
And no, you got to eat that turkey and take yeah. that nap. And Ella took her first steps. Congratulations. She hasn't done it since. If you would, Think about if we would have taken her to the grassy knoll that day. That's where she would have had her first <laughs> That would have been fantastic. So good. She just walks down the grassy knoll. She was like, that's where the shooter yeah. was. Yeah. Her first words, too. Oh, man. She says hi now. Hi. 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 She's a smart baby. She is very She knows smart. that Lee Harvey Oswald didn't act alone. Hell no. I, speaking of Thanksgiving, hell I yes, I mean, hell I got, no, he didn't act alone is what I meant. I got into a fight. A little bit of a tiff with my cousin. Uh-oh. Because we were talking about this, and she's like, well, me and my husband just went to the Sixth Floor Museum, and it was so nice. I was like, well, I hope you enjoyed your propaganda tour. <laughs> and she kind of made a face, and she's like, well, Lee Harvey Oswald definitely did it. I said, oh, mm-mm. And she Is goes, this the one that can't make the mashed potatoes? No, it's a different cousin. <laughs> Thanks for friending her out, though. And uh, no, this is my awesome and very smart cousin who just has been, unfortunately, indoctrinated by the Sixth Floor oh, Museum. Gosh. And uh, she kind of looked at me like I was dumb. Uh, I'm not going to lie. And I was like... <laughs> Like, well, I read several books and I have looked at a lot of videos on YouTube and it yeah. wasn't helping my case. It made me sound more crazy. <laughs> and uh, she just finally was like, okay, well, all okay, right. Well, can somebody pass the cranberry yeah, sauce? Pass the pea salad? Mm, oh, I ate so much pea I did, salad. And I took so much home. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of people that think there was more to the story than just Oswald, you should tell her that 62% of Americans think that there is more to the story than it just being Oswald. A vast majority. Which is pretty insane that uh, we still don't really know what happened after all this time. So let's, we're going to get into the theories today. Uh, there are many, many, many theories. Some are crazier than others. Uh, we aren't going to be able to talk about all of them, but these are the more popular ones and Several of them make a lot of sense. Especially the last one we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there is a last one that is 100% the most likely thing yeah, that's we'll happened. We'll save the best for last. Yeah. So here is the official version, what they want us to believe, that the Warren Commission released. So a week after JFK's assassination, newly appointed President Lyndon B. Johnson created the Warren Commission named after its chairman, Supreme Court Justice Earl Warren. The purpose of the committee was to investigate the assassination. Ten months later, they presented their findings in the official statement that Lee Harvey Oswald and Jack Ruby had acted alone. The problem with the Warren Commission is that it was filled with people that then that either already didn't like JFK mm-hmm. or didn't agree with his policies, like... Arlen Specter, who famously just asked like a hundred and eighty word hypothetical question yes. that like painted the page like say for instance, first of all, Arlen Specter is a shitty person and a racist and just was subsequently a senator for a really long time. Um additionally, LBJ as uh head of the Senate, as a vice president, you're head of the Senate, he had files on all the senators. So mm. he hand chose all these people to be on the Warren Commission and then basically like had all the dirt. He knew if they were cheating, he knew if they were gay, like J. Edgar Hoover. He knew like he knew So he could blackmail them essentially. Yes. And then later on the people uh, like Gerald Ford became president eventually. So it's one of those where if you do mm. the right thing, you'll be rewarded. Yeah, you if scratch you do the... my back, I'll scratch yeah, yours. Exactly. Well, also posited by the Warren Commission was that both JFK and Gover- Governor Conley were hit by a single bullet, which entered JFK's upper back, exited his throat, then struck Connolly, breaking a rib, shattering his wrist, and then finally lodging in his thigh. The Warren Commission called this the single bullet theory, but it has since been renamed by conspiracy theorists as the magic bullet theory 
because of how this would be nearly scientifically impossible. The more likely scenario is that there was more than one shooter. But to try and dissuade people from believing that, the government came up with the single bullet theory. And the other issue is the entrance and the exit wounds. And so the autopsy, eventually the autopsy, you see the neck wound, which was described by like eight doctors at Parkland in multiple interviews on the record testimony as being a small entrance wound on his throat. Like he was shot like directly like in your voice box was later in the photos, like enlarged. And the doctors, when they were shown the photos later, were like, that hole is way bigger. And Could it, it have been from the tracheotomy? They did the tracheotomy, and the guy that did the tracheotomy said, I made a five to seven centimeter incision, and it was like nine to ten centimeters, mm. this hole. And he said it looked like someone shoved their fingers in there and like made it bigger. To make it look like a bigger And the same bowl. with his head is that when you see the pictures later from the Bethesda hospital or any of the photos or the artistic renderings, his head's like basically intact. Mm-hmm. His right occipital lobe described by all the doctors at Parkland were like, it's exploded. Like, it was gone. If you see the Zabruder film, yeah, it's, they're like, I mean, it's, heads up, if you haven't watched it, it is graphic. But his fucking head is exploded. It's exploded. And so that was it, is that it came, you know, through the front and then exploded the back of his yeah. head. Among many theories. Among but- many, yes. Well, critics of the Warren Commission, as we mentioned, point to the fact that Alan Dulles, former head of the CIA, was a member of the committee, causing a huge conflict of interest, not to mention a lot of other CIA members yeah, are on this committee. And the CIA don't like JFK, and no. JFK don't like the CF- no. CIA. They were not friends. In 1976, after the Watergate scandal created concern and paranoia around the country, and the Sapruder film was released to the public for people to draw their own conclusions for the first time, the House of Representatives voted to establish a select committee on assassinations to reinvestigate the murder and hopefully put minds at ease. They also investigated MLK's assassination. Oh, I'm sure they were unbiased. (laughs) Especially if they're like, excuse me, person who did a crime, why don't you investigate and let us know who did it? It's like, well, I can tell you who it wasn't. Me. Me. (laughs) Exactly. Right here. Like the Warren Commission, the House Select Committee said they found no evidence of Soviet, Cuban, or CIA involvement. However, unlike the Warren Commission they did conclude that there was probably, in quotes, a conspiracy involving a second gunman at the grassy knoll. However, they did not expand upon this theory. Let's use all of our resources to investigate. Yeah, you know what? Nah, never mind. (laughs) We're all right. There's probably someone else. There's probably someone who, I don't know, but there was probably someone. What happened to that boat on the ocean? It probably exploded. (laughs) I mean, it's fine. What happened to JFK? There's probably someone else. Probably exploded. Do you know who it was? Someone. It's okay. A person. The second gunman theory was discredited by many, but the damage had been done, and the door to conspiracy theories was pushed wide open. In a 2013 Gallup poll, 62% of Americans believed there was a broader plot to kill the president that went beyond Oswald being a lone shooter. You know what you always hear is 50% of people have below average intelligence, but here... Mm-hmm. 62% of people sound pretty smart. So even dumb people are smart enough to know yeah. this was a cover-up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm not saying Oswald wasn't there. We'll get into all that. Yes. I'm just I do saying think he was there. He did not act alone. Oh, no. 100% he was there. Yeah, I mean, obviously he was Yeah, I mean, he got he snatched there. up or, yeah. and there's photos of him. But So to piggyback on the second gunman, maybe even three gunman theory, we come to the grassy knoll. So as the first bullet made contact with JFK, the motorcade was passing in front of a grassy knoll 
on the north side of Elm Street. Many witnesses believed they heard the shot originate from behind this area, and some claimed to have seen a puff of smoke rise up over the fence. When the Dallas police searched this area, they found three hobos in a railroad car. It's what we call stereotype junction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, in everything I read, they call them tramps. Okay. Well, but I, I was like, I'm going to call them hobos. Homeless American. Like, hobo is offensive, too, someone told me. Is it? I think so. Oh. Well, maybe that, maybe in the 60s you called them hobos. Maybe. And now, I I mean. Well, there's a lot of people said in the 60s we shouldn't say No, anymore. no. Broad. <laughs> lass. No, lass is cool, I think. Lass, I think, is a cool English thing to call a little boy. you call people lass. Yeah, or a little girl. Um, yeah, so I don't know what you would call them. Well, when you think of hobo. An image comes to mind. I like. A, I think of a clown with a pack. Yes, with uh, the stick. what are they called? A bundle. A, bu- a, bindle. a bindle. A bindle. Yes. Austin Guttery taught me that word. Yes. So everyone, and they're probably disheveled and uh, maybe dirty. Maybe they're fake hobos. Well, the hobos were suspiciously clean shaven and well dressed, with haircuts like G-men, <laughs> leading many conspiracy theorists to speculate that these were not hobos. But rather CIA assassins. Like the blind guy talking about, or the deaf guy talking yeah. about his dad mm-hmm. saw the guy run, you know, take the suitcase and go and get, if you listen to JFK part one, which I don't know why you would listen to part two without part one. I'm not yeah. judging. Welcome. <laughs> We're glad to have you. But the guy from the documentary on Netflix, so we'll link in the show notes, though, has a whole description of one guy shot, the other guy put it in, they went and got in a train. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, supporters of this theory tend to use the infamous Sapruder film which captured the killing, to bolster their claim, pointing to the fact that Kennedy's head moves in a backward and leftward motion after the bullet's impact, apparent proof that he was shot from the front as well as from behind. There was a second shooter. Also, I totally think You can was. now see the stabilized Zapruder film. These, what do you mean by like stabilized? stabilized? So the original one, you can't see shit. The guy was shaking oh, all over the yeah, place. Yeah. I don't know what his deal was. Maybe he was excited or cheering. I don't know. It's like whenever you watch mall fights on the internet. You're like, yeah. hold the goddamn yeah, camera you're still. like, I'm nauseous now you're doing for multiple work. reasons. <laughs> yeah, please stop. <laughs> oh, man. if you, I watched Black Friday videos oh, on all those. Uh, the me. Those people are me. awful. I can't tell. <laughs> it's the subreddit called People Are Awful. Yeah. It was horrifying where people are just trampling each other to oh, get yeah, like a fucking microwave oh horrible yeah. televisions and yeah it's it's awful well speaking of the zapruder film it is one of the biggest pieces of evidence to fuel conspiracy theories in arguably the history of our yeah country. there's a couple of photos but and a, and eyewitness accounts are bullshit just yeah. like overall in america this <laughs> in the world was a 26 second film Recorded with an 8mm camera by Dallas dressmaker and amateur filmmaker, so he should have been holding that camera Get a little steady. Together. <laughs> Abraham Zapruder. It documents the shooting of the president from beginning to end in 486 frames. While Zapruder did show the film to the FBI and CIA shortly after the assassination, he was left with the original copy, which he entrusted to Life magazine out of respect to the Kennedy family. Twelve years later, in 1975, Geraldo Rivera aired a bootleg copy on his talk show. This was the first time the public had been able to see, been able to view the film in its entirety. Good look. Geraldo's out there Dude. doing the Lord's work. Have you ever read the article that's excerpts from his um, memoirs? And it's no, but he's a fucking crazy man. Disgusting. He is the most conservative 
disgusting man. <laughs> Two things. First of all, the other day he did yesterday i think he went on a tirade on fox news about how it's unacceptable how we're treating migrants at the border and he's like these are human beings and you're gassing them and it's ridiculous and i was there and i got gassed and it's not fun and it's not easy to walk through this is a nightmare you're torturing people and the people on fox news were like Ugh. well good for him because he's ultra conservative so i'm surprised I think he just he... did it because he got kicked off tv because he opened that vault and nothing was in yeah, it. yeah your mom was so mad about she's that. still so <laughs> mad about geraldo's vault but geraldo uh i forgot what i was gonna say about geraldo Oh, the Zapruder film. So uh, Abraham Zapruder set up the garment district in Dallas, and he is – people have said mm. – folks are – I'm going to use the Trumpism. Folks are saying <laughs> – folks have said that Zapruder was, had mafia ties. Oh. So all of this, when we get to the mafia theory, I'm going to – I'll give you a little history. I saw this mafia guy's son give an interview on this YouTube show <laughs> – and uh, there's some pretty juicy bits. But keep that in mind that when we talk about okay. Zapruder later, he's the one that filmed this. Yes, he is. And and he gave it to – oh, go ahead. He gave it – yeah. Well, he gave it to Life Magazine. So – and then Geraldo in 75 airs it. But during that, what, 12 years where no one was touching it? Interesting. What was going on? Did they also, cut the frames out? interesting that several frames are missing and no How? one knows why. Because the CIA took them out. Mm. So, one of the things that you will see in this Zapruder film, if you watch it, is what has since been be known as the Umbrella Man. On a nice, sunny autumn day, what would provoke someone to open an umbrella? Mere seconds before the first shot was fired at the motorcade, a man standing on the grassy knoll can be seen opening a large black umbrella. Some have speculated that the umbrella was used to shoot a poison dart into JFK's neck to immobilize him for the kill shot. Others believe it was a signal to the assassins. Mm-mm. What do you think? I thought it was like, open the umbrella, he's at the spot, hit him. Yeah, so a signal to the ins- yeah. assassins? Well, in 1978... a longer way to say the thing that you said. <laughs> yes. In 1978, Louis Stephen Witt came out saying he was the infamous umbrella man. He says he had brought the umbrella to heckle the president. A black umbrella had been the trademark of Nazi supporter British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain. Has Neville. there ever been a more British name than that? Neville Chamberlain. Who, you know what? I'm going to name the my British toothbrush that. I'll tell you about it here in a minute. <laughs> the brawn one you got? I got an Oral-B 7000 series. <laughs> And Ooh. it's Bluetooth connected with That's... an app for no reason. And then when you so turn you can it on, listen to music while you're brushing your teeth. No, there's no music. It just counts down. But when you open it, it's like, "Hello, welcome to Oral B. I'm going to tell you how to brush your teeth." Ooh. And I was like, "A British man is telling me how to brush my teeth." <laughs> no. All right, but I'm gonna yeah. call him Neville now. Thank That's, you. That's good. So 1978, Neville did what now? Neville Chamberlain was, like was supported by Joseph Kennedy. Ew. And he was a Nazi supporter. Because Joseph Kennedy was the ambassador to the UK. Mm-hmm. So Witt says his intentions were merely to irk JFK. He also said that if the Guinness Book of World Records had a category for being in the wrong place at the wrong time, he would win hands down. Well, yeah. But could this just all be the government talking? That's true. Maybe he was just planted by the government or maybe the government got to him and was like if you tell anyone what really happened bye-bye that's basically what all a lot of the doctors at parkland were told in no no uncertain terms you didn't see any of this yeah tell yeah. no one yeah 
Well, we've talked about how we personally don't dispute that Oswald was there. I think so. We think that he yeah. was there. Many others do, too, and think that he did do the shooting. However, for different reasons than what the Warren Commission would have you believe. And the Warren Commission, why did they think Oswald shot him? Like, what was the motivation? That he was a communist yeah. and a Marxist and didn't like JFK's policies. Policies, yes. Yeah. And so he he had defected to the Soviet Union years before and had uh, was known to have gone to the Cuban and Soviet embassies in Mexico City to try and get work visas. He was and, passing out those flyers yes, in New Orleans. He got arrested a few weeks before, or a few months before. Um, that was communist information propaganda. So. He could have been a patsy because the CIA already had them on their radar. He also could have been contacted by the CIA or was working with the CIA. That's I think that's the answer. Many believe he was a paid assassin. It is quite possible that a group wanted the president dead but did not want his blood on their hands. Mm-hmm. So who could have been the mastermind? There's several theories. First up. The CIA. Ding, 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 Which ding. we strongly believe that this ha- is what happened. For so, the following reasons. <laughs> so JFK had said he wanted to, quote, splinter the CIA into a thousand pieces and scatter it to the winds, which is actually quite beautiful. Very poetic. It was well known the CIA had been trying to assassinate Fidel Castro for a while, and JFK was tired of the antics. There was also a rumor that one of the hobos found on the train was E. Howard Hunt, a former CIA operative who had been involved in the Bay of Pigs. And again, Alan Dulles, former head of the CIA, had been appointed to the Warren Commission by LBJ. You know, also, I think the CIA at this time was working in concert with the FBI on a lot of uh, a lot of things, mm-hmm. a lot of operations. And... J. Edgar Hoover hated Bobby Kennedy and he hated JFK because basically Hoover had had that post for a long time. Mm-hmm. JFK comes along and is like, we're going to do whatever we want. You know who's going to be attorney general, bitch? My brother. Yeah. And so basically Bobby and J- John can do whatever they want and they didn't have to run anything by Hoover. And Hoover was well known as being like a control freak mm-hmm. and he wanted to be in charge and he didn't want anyone to question his authority. So as I someone think- in charge of the FBI would be. Yeah. Yes. So there's a lot of reasons why JFK would have had a target on him from the CIA, and they would have wanted him out of there. Definitely. Dave Perry, a world-renowned JFK expert who happens to live in Dallas, says the assassination being a CIA cover-up is the most interesting of all the theories because it's the only one he can't debunk. Well, and it would make sense because JFK was not beloved by his by the government, by the cabinet no. and the staff. Like he, they kept LBJ on the road a lot that year. And JFK was kind of running the white house, like a brothel and like a party pad. Mm-hmm. The CIA it was very, uh, there's a lot of nepotism going yeah, on. Yeah. And the CIA super hated that. And the Kennedys were a super powerful family with tons of money. Plus John and Bobby were both having an affair with Marilyn Monroe. The CIA was worried that they were giving secrets. Mm-hmm. They were partying with like the rat pack. Like who knew, knows what they were talking about. I'm like, here's the you thing. You get enough drinking drugs and you, you just start flapping those gums. You know, tell them what comes out. What they're saying. But apparently another conspiracy side conspiracy theory is that the cia uh 
detained Marilyn Monroe and gave her like a truth serum to try to get her to spill what she knew. And because of the many prescription drugs she was already personally on, that like she died. So they that they inevitably killed accidentally her? overdosed Whoa. and killed Marilyn Monroe and just was like, oh, it must have been a drug overdose. Well, back then too, the CIA was using LSD, yeah, as like a truth, a truth serum. serum. I mean, the whole MK Ultra and everything. And another uh, theory too is that they were giving it to Oswald. Yeah. Well, and that's Sirhan. Sirhan to this day, the assassin of Robert F. Kennedy, mm -hmm. is like, I have no idea what I did. Like, I he's yeah. like, I remember being waking up that morning, and I remember being arrested. That's all I remember. And they said that people think that he was drugged and then basically like uh, indoctrinated or whatever, uh, not indoctrinated, but like trained to be like uh, basically a Zoolander style kill the Malaysian prime minister. That is really interesting because Jack Ruby claimed that he suffered from psychomotor epilepsy yeah so he basically says he blacked out during when he, when shot. he shot him and and he doesn't remember any of it yeah so and that's kind of what sirhan sirhan is saying uh -huh. too. yeah same thing could also have been lsd related with ruby yeah very interesting yeah well the mafia which i think this is they're tied together. I don't think, I think these the are mafia two separate. and the CIA were in bed together. I have a lot. I have a lot they, on this. Sure, I, they probably still are. So another powerful organization that could have had Oswald in their pocket was the mafia. Robert Kennedy, the U.S. Attorney General at the time, was leading his anti-mafia crusade and turning up the heat on organized crime, which had led to an increase in the number of prosecutions of senior mafia figures. He also wanted to eradicate mob influence over the Teamsters Union. Mm -mm. My godmother was married to a Teamster, and Ooh. he had all brothers who were all Teamsters. And when I was a kid, my mom used to, to say, I know a Teamster will kill you for a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> That's that so was badass. like her catchphrase. But like each of them died in a horrible, tragic way. Ooh. I don't think it was a conspiracy. I just think they made poor life choices. Yeah. But like, you know, just like the Kennedys. <laughs> one of them died underneath a portable. Oh, shit. He was sniffing right guard. He was huffing. He was huffing. How old was he? Like 30s. He was huffing men's deodorant underneath the portable wow, building. Oh, I didn't and know that could get you high. Well, it could get you high. Like uh, you the spray? The, the yeah, spray? Yeah, oh, the so spray, it's yeah. just the CO2 that you're inhaling, yeah. I guess? Wow. Well, Frank Regano, an attorney who represented Teamsters president Jimmy Hoffa, wrote a book in 1994 in which he alleged that Hoffa asked mob bosses Santos Traficanti and Carlos Marcello to arrange JFK's assassination. Regano also claimed that in 1987, a dying Traficanti confessed to having a role in the president's killing and expressed his regret, saying, we should have killed Bobby instead. Oh, damn. So deathbed confession. Well, possible deathbed confession. Traficante is a great name. Yeah, these are great Italian mob names. The mob being involved is one of the more plausible theories for who killed JFK. Even House Select Committee Counsel G. Robert Blakey said in 1979, I think the mob did it. Okay, so this is back to the YouTube show. Yes. The YouTube guy show. 
Uh, so Jack O'Halloran is the inter- the guy who's being interviewed, and his Great dad Irish name, yeah, oh yeah, his dad was in the mafia. So he said that his dad was in town to try out for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, and he went to a party that was hosted at the owner. I think his name is Murchison, who was the owner of the Dallas Cowboys at the time. Despite belief, Jerry Jones did not always. Own the he Dallas hasn't Cowboys. always. Um, just like God, he hasn't always yeah, existed. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, at that party. Ford was there, Nixon was there, H.W. Bush was mm-hmm. there, John uh, Johnson was there, and J. Edgar Hoover yes. was there, according to O'Halloran. So it was like all, and then at the time, all, uh, basically there was like a convention at the Sheraton to go to, but it was actually like a, co- like a cover to get all these people in the same place. Mm-hmm. And then at some point in the night, his dad said that every, all the important guys all went in a separate room together. Like, to have guess, a meeting. I guess to be Secret like, Secret meeting. go time. Um, and then his theory was that Joe Kennedy was on board with the assassination because the mafia had given significant money to Joe Kennedy was in the pocket of the mafia, like since yeah. the 1920s. And he was because he used them to run. If you listen to our Kennedy family yes. curse, he used them to run bootleg alcohol from Canada during prohibition. And he yeah. also would do anything to further his 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 uh, children's careers. That's true. Whether it be. Uh, <laughs> JFK's or his other son or whatever it might take. No, it's true. And so uh, he basically felt guilty and thought that they kind of owed it to the mafia. And also because JFK was super sickly, he had syphilis and Addison's disease, that Joe was like, well, I'd rather him go out this way like a hero God. than like, get all sickly. And then... The fact that he would think we... I owe this to the mafia. You owe your kid's life. And then this is where it's one of those where like tinfoil hat time where like the conspiracies go super deep. So the mafia was also involved in shipbuilding and also they controlled like all the ports and all the unions. And so they wanted the U.S. to be involved in overseas wars because it meant that they could build more ships and it meant that they would all have more jobs and things like that. So the I and like. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't in the mafia. He was a CIA operative, though. And and that's, like, in the documents that were released in decades later. So that's not a conspiracy theory. Like, Lee Harvey Oswald worked with the CIA. He was an operative. He had a safe man, like, he would call and, like, check in with and all that. Um, so the mafia, though, did – was used by the government – for many purposes. And, oh, still is. Oh, it's still... Well, and you look at... We can do an episode of Iran-Contra and oh, things yeah. like that mm-hmm. where they just said, okay, well, we need this done. We can't really be seen doing it, but mm-hmm. wink, wink, we'll look the other way. Mm-hmm. And Bobby and Jack Kennedy were like, we're going to arrest the mafia. And the mafia's like, dude, we've been doing all these favors for you, CIA, and we're about to get arrested. So I think they need to put an end to it. Maybe. Or was it the KGB? It's always... You never expect the KGB. <laughs> <laughs> Knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> Were they seeking revenge for the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis? Maybe. Oswald was a known communist and, ha- like we mentioned, had defected to the Soviet Union for several years, which could have allowed him to make KGB connections. So my only problem with this was that he moved to the Soviet Union thinking that communism was great. And it's well documented that when he got back, he was like, you guys want to know something? Communism sucks dick. <laughs> And well, he also kind of went over there and he had this like celebrity status in the Soviet Union because he was this like, American that uh-huh. had defected. And then once that wore off, he was just like, oh, this, fuck lame. This. Yeah, yeah. this is lame. So he got his wife and he came back. And then that's when he started working for the CIA. And since it was well known that he had defected to Russia, people, the CIA was like, okay, go pass out these flyers, go infiltrate these communists. So it appeared. Or was he a double agent? And he was really working for the KGB. Maybe. I don't know. 
In September 1963, Oswald took a bus to Mexico City, where he visited the Soviet and Cuban embassies in an effort to obtain travel visas. According to investigative journalist Edward J. Epstein, Oswald's final phone call in Mexico City was to an official who was a secret agent in the espionage and assassination branch of the KGB. Dun, dun, dun. Could it have been possible that Oswald received orders from Soviet or Cuban agents while there? Well, the interesting part here is that, so he went to Mexico City to get to Cuba, is what JFK and the Unspeakable by James W. Douglas mm-hmm. posits. So, and then that whole, I don't even think we're going to really go into the whole double Oswald theory. But that well, we can't. I think well, this is the time. This to bring is the it time up. to do it. So JFK and the Unspeakable by James W. Douglas is like, first of all, incredibly long. It's very well researched, though, and well written. And nothing in the book is conjecture. Like he's always like, according to an interview with this person. So, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe a person is misremembering or lying. But like, it's he not does, his opinion. No, it's not opinion, really. And I mean, it. I guess any book, even nonfiction is opinion because you choose what story story to tell like you choose what to include and what not to include but point yeah at some point but anyway his whole thing is the two the dual oswald theory that oswald was a cia operative he was fully complicit in the assassination he knew that he was going to be part of it but he didn't know that he was the fall guy Mm -hmm. he didn't know that he was going to be arrested and so at this time that he was in mexico city there was like foswald that we talked about like fake oswald (laughs) um was in dallas and was behaving insanely yeah like he went to a car dealership and was like yelling at the card guy talking just to, about like just so people remember him and people are like oh lee harvey oswald was here in yeah. september 1963 lee harvey oswald came to my chevy dealership and yelled at me or came scene. to my my um suit shop another one came to the suit and was like this is a good looking suit to shoot the president in and the guy's like huh, huh, what <laughs> you like a 32 uh waist yeah, yeah. Like, it was just like really bizarre erratic behavior and so the double Oswald theory, a little, hand, a little heavy-handed, little heavy-handed, me. yeah, 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 like trying to like really be like Lee Harvey Oswald was yeah. here talking crazy, yeah. And then he, it was just a guy, and also Oswald's like a basic looking white dude. It was just a guy that kind of looked like him, and small white dude, and would he would write his name down like when you went to go test drive a car, you wrote your name in a book, so uh-huh. it was like written down. And so the theory is, is that Oswald really was doing this, like he was whether he was working with. The CIA or the KGB, he really was in Mexico City. And then meanwhile, the CIA knew he was there. So then they had Foswald and the <laughs> Foswald running around Dallas acting a fool. So then that way, whenever he came back in November of 1963 wow. and they were going to then they told Oswald, here's your like order a gun. You're going to shoot the president out this window or you're going to you know be part of this. Then later on, when Oswald was caught, he makes this comment where he's like, Oh no, now everyone's going to know my name. They're all going to know who I am. And then it was shortly thereafter that he had the interview where he was like, I'm a patsy. Yeah. And he started yelling because he was fully complicit. I'm not, like I said, at no point will I tell you, I don't think Oswald was there. Yeah. I'll even, I'll even concede that he probably shot out the window. I don't know that that maybe he even hit the president, but I don't think it was the final kill or the only kill shot. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that. He was like screwed over by the CIA. Like he yeah. was willing to work with them, and then they were like, "All right, this guy was like been seen. He's been arrested for delivering communist literature. He's been seen, you know, trying to go to Cuba. Look how crazy!" He and is. they and that's the government wanted a reason to get into a fight with Russia. Yeah, man, tinfoil hat McKinney. <laughs> After the fall of the Soviet Union, the KGB's files on Oswald turned over to President Bill Clinton by then Russian President Boris Yeltsin actually revealed that the Soviet spy agency had decided against recruiting Oswald 
The Soviets thought Oswald was mentally unstable and unreliable, and even harbored suspicions that he might be a CIA spy. How unstable do you have to be for the KGB to be like, nah. <laughs> Real unstable. Nope. <laughs> pass. Hard pass from the KGB. But what documents weren't turned over? That's true. Maybe they had a full file. Mm-hmm. This is the magic of conspiracy theories because you can have like proof and evidence and you're like, but what if that was fake? Yeah. That's just how <laughs> I live everything in my life. So could one be... a uh, working for the KGB and the CIA, and both point. the KGB and CIA know about it, or would you they have, know about you it? You would have to be doing so, like screw. It's it's like on, I'm gonna once again relate this to Survivor. It's like when you've got <laughs> two alliances going on, but the one alliance doesn't know you're in the other. That's alliance. what I was gonna say. You just want to get what the one that's gonna take you to the final three. What is that show with Jennifer Garner called Alias? It's yeah, like Alias, yeah, yeah. It's like. They, the CIA would know, okay, you're a CIA operative. We're going to send you to Russia and you're going to tell them that, you know, you're just here because you just hate like, America. Just like Survivor. And you're going to show up. And then the KGB is like, would you like to join the KGB? Mm. And he's like, hell yeah, I would. I hate America. It sucks. Or he goes, you know what? I got sent here by the CIA because they wanted me to infiltrate you. And the KGB is like, would you like to kill your president? That was very French KGB <laughs> accent. But you know what I mean? So then. But then you wouldn't go back, to, or you could, then you're double-double crossing. You go back to the U.S. and you're like, the KGB asked me to turn my back on you, and they gave me these files or these directives. So You better have an immunity idol. <laughs> Somebody's voting your ass off. <laughs> this is just like Survivor. You know who voted his ass off? The CIA. <laughs> they sure they had did. Jack Ruby shoot him in the guts on yep. TV. Yep. Well, here's another person that could have possibly been paying Oswald to take care of JFK. And I think there's some weight to this as disturbing as it, this might be the most disturbing of them all. I struggle with this theory a lot emotionally, (laughs) but LBJ, some believe that LBJ's desire to move up from vice president to president, as most vice presidents have the desire to do, was so strong that he was willing to do the unthinkable. I will say, like, what a weird job that you have to look at someone every day and you're like, if you die, I get a <laughs> fucking sweet promotion. That job. I will say I never felt like Joe Biden felt like that. I always felt like mm. Joe Biden's like, you're the best president and I love yeah. you and we're best well, friends. They, they were great. They were besties. They still are. But and LBJ and JFK were the very opposite of besties. Did not they hated care each other for one another. No, and they had very different policies and just beliefs. Oh, definitely. And JFK JFK wanted to extract everyone from Vietnam and not have any American involvement. And LBJ was like, full steam ahead. Let's send them. Someone also pointed out that JFK, uh, it's in the the Douglas book. He said, John F. Kennedy was killed and then 50,000 American troops were killed Mm -hmm. in Vietnam. So it's like, think about what we talked about with Ted Kennedy, where like you saved lives by being alive. Like in this case, like so many people were lost because, Mm -hmm. but you know, I don't know. What if there's nuclear war? Again, butterfly effect. He also was pretty confident that when the re-election was coming up, JFK was going to drop him. Oh, you think so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I do think so. So that was on his mind, too. Well, I think they put LBJ on the ticket because JFK was Catholic. He was mm-hmm. young. He was a Yankee. And, like, to win Texas and win the South, they needed LBJ. And they needed all the money from the oil men in addition to yes. the mafia money. And then we talked about it in the last episode – once he got into office, Kennedy's like, you know, it'd be a rad place to take taxes from all those oil men. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you son of a bitch. Well, you mentioned this party earlier. Yes. So Madeline Brown, 
a woman that claimed to have had an affair with Vice President Johnson. That's no accountant for taste. <laughs> yeah. Oh, said she was at this party that Re- you were talking about. Why don't about. you reach around and put your hand in my bunghole? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that oh. LBJ was in a butt play, but we won't know. No, but we're not saying he wasn't. We would never know. Well, she said she was at this party the night before the assassination. Again, ex-Vice President Richard Nixon was there, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, and she claims LBJ. Yes, and so does uh, the mafia kid said it, said he was there. Well, she claims that LBJ leaned over and whispered in her ear, After tomorrow, those Kennedys will never embarrass me again. That's no threat. That's a promise. Oh, shit, my knife fell out of my pocket. <laughs> Hang on, let me pick it up. Oh. Man, these pants are tied around my balls. <laughs> my bum hole. <laughs> Need a little more space on my bunghole. Well, we mentioned Dave Perry earlier, the world-renowned JFK expert. He says Brown is a quote crackpot, which I rude. I love that word. That's a very rude. Somebody a crackpot though. Yeah, and that he says, according to his research, there is no way LBJ could have been at this party. He posits that the assumptions made about LBJ. Stem from Texans that thought he was a crook and created this friction after JFK was killed that Johnson wanted Kennedy out so he could be president. My godmother, who was married to the teamster whose family all died. Uh, <laughs> what a, what a, I mean, all of our That should be, a, yeah, but, uh, that's true. Uh, but uh, she, Lillian, she'd always go, JFK killed Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Or not JFK, LBJ killed Kennedy. Yeah. LBJ killed Kennedy. I don't think she's 100% wrong. So those in support of this theory think Texas oilmen who feared JFK would end the oil depletion allowance and subsequently their generous tax break could have influenced Johnson to have the president assassinated in Johnson's own hometown. A 2003 Gallup poll indicated that nearly 20% of Americans suspected Lyndon B. Johnson of being involved in the assassination of Kennedy. Well... There was also a later interview with uh, LBJ, like, I want to say, like, 15-ish years after it happened. Like, it wasn't, I mean, he didn't live super long, but, um, and in it, he was just like, I can't believe that happened. And, you know, I I just, I can't believe, like, we did that. Or he said something that indicated that, like, the government was involved. Like, we, but that he felt he really was like, part of a bigger yeah, plan. and then he, like, felt guilty about it. And then after the interview, he was like, you have to take that out of the interview. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the, um, the documentary, and again, this will all be in the show notes, the documentary that's, it's called Beyond, uh, Beyond JFK, the movie. Mm-hmm. And it oh, was, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the one that was made in the 90s around yes. that time. And the interviewer... That was like the one that did the interview was like, I don't maybe it was Walter Cronkite or no, it was Dan Rather. Mm. And Dan Rather was like, yeah, afterwards, he's like, because he the, who is a very credible source. Oh, he is. And and LBJ got apparently really emotional at the time and was just like, I can't I can't believe because every day you're living with the fucking knowledge that you killed the president. Also, it's kind of Game of Thrones. It's like, OK, oh, yeah. we're all going to get together and kill Kennedy and then you're president. And it's like, at what point are they all going to say, let's all get together and kill John? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, this theory, this next one, I feel like Heather's really going to like this one. Always. So another possible explanation for why the CIA wanted JFK dead was because of his interest in alien activity. As ridiculous as this may sound, there are actually two crucial pieces of evidence that support this theory. One, a letter written by JFK to the CIA 
in which he demands to see secret UFO files. Because if you were the president, wouldn't you? Hell, fuck yeah. That's going to be the first thing I do when I become me, president. Let me see those I'm going to see every, everything. Take me to Area 51. Let me see goddamn spaceship. will be like, uh, Madam President, you haven't been sworn in. Get me to goddamn Albuquerque right now. Where is it? <laughs> Roswell. That's right. It's not, no, no, Albuquerque's a much different city than it's Roswell. Much nicer. Yeah. Have you ever been to Roswell? Um, no, but I have been to Albuquerque. Uh, my friend Loretta went to Roswell and she said, it's, um... I've heard it's a real shit show. Well, she goes, it's just unfortunate. <laughs> and she's like, everywhere you go, there's, like, uh, alien paintings everywhere. And that apparently people would just be like, uh, thanks for ha- stopping at Dairy Queen. I hope your blizzard's out of this world. <laughs> You're like, all right. They're, they're just... Like, Everything has to be... Well, they're just, like, this. miserable about it. Yeah, they, like, yeah, yeah. It. yeah. Uh, Clint Worth, who is a local comic... Uh, he's very into it and he went and posted a lot on Instagram and it was very much that he was like, I'm sitting in the fucking garage basically of some psychos <laughs> just, just like preaching about aliens. And he, there was a picture. It's just like him and like four like old people. It's just like, not what you think. It's not as polished as one may think. <laughs> The, are you kidding me? The are are, are you telling me a town based solely on the conspiracy that aliens landed there is not like <laughs> a, maybe like a very sane or put together place? Yeah, it's a it's a little out there, but I still want to go. So the second piece of evidence, a note from a senior CIA official that said we cannot allow the president to see the classified material about the files he wanted to see. There is a historical backing up of why the CIA would want to keep alien technology from Kennedy. At the time, we were in an arms race race with Russia. Yeah. We were winning by well, like Well, that's a why lot. JFK says he wanted to see them is because he was worried that Russia would think that them doing flyovers was UFO and he didn't want any of our stuff getting shot down. Oh, because they with thought them it was thinking, or vice versa. Yeah. Well, and also well, at the time, Kennedy and Khrushchev were passing notes back and forth, and oh, this like is like little schoolgirls. Yeah, because because it, it was both of their governments were like, we're enemies, we're going to blow each other up. It was basically like you know standoff where you're both holding a gun on each other, mm-hmm. and Kennedy was like, listen. I like living. I don't want the world to blow up and die. And Khrushchev's like, yeah, me too. And they both had said, let's just have a peace deal. We'll have a treaty. We're like total nuclear disarmament. We'll stop developing these nuclear weapons. We, you know, you'll move the missiles out of Cuba. We'll move the missiles out of like, where is it in Ukraine or something like close enough that, I mean, it's like spitting distance to Russia. Um, and basically, like, the Joint Chiefs of Staff were like, oh, no, absolutely not. Like, we won't negotiate with Russia. They're communists. We can't. They're the enemy. And if Kennedy knew that there was alien technology that, like, say, I don't know, could power things like nuclear power without or like and better than oil power. And he mm-hmm. basically wanted to share it with Russia oh. and was like, we would be stronger together. We could go because Kennedy, like, super wanted to go to the moon. Mm. And he was like, we could do this better faster more efficiently if we shared this information with russia and the joint chiefs and basically the um congress was like held to the no yeah so there's a lot to be said for this alien aliens again it might have just been another reason the cia wanted him out on a long list of reasons why they wanted they just did not like him yes question sidebar Uh uh-huh do you believe in aliens yes do you believe that they've come to earth do I believe that they've landed on Earth and made contact? Yes, yes. I want to believe so bad. I think they did. I think, I mean, we I... We have to do an alien episode. Yeah. Oh, I was going to suggest we do that next. Oh, actually. hell yeah. yeah. All right, deal. 
This is how our topics are chosen. <laughs> uh, my brother is a member of MUFON. And oh, I think I want to join. You should. But I'm vaguely worried that my work's going to fire me for being an insane person because <laughs> I literally was in if my... If they heard this podcast, I don't know. If I was they haven't my, fired you yet, you're fine. My favorite co-worker's office. I always talk about him. He's my yes. favorite. And he's, he said something. He was like, don't you hate like don't you hate me? I was like, no, you're my favorite co-worker. He's like, really? So clearly he doesn't listen to the pod. No, no. But I was in his office and he said something and I was like, well, my psychic told me that really I could tell <laughs> this time I can't do this and he kind of looked at me he's like psychic <laughs> and then i told him like yeah monthly i go to the dallas psychic fair mm-hmm. and then he looked it up he was like oh wow and sylvia's on the website i was nice. like oh that's her and he was like okay well good for you oh was, he should come so he probably wouldn't be super surprised if you join like, move on see him about joining move on <laughs> they're like oh heather someone i said something about psychic and someone asked oh he was in the room it was him he was like do you like believe the psychic or go is it any crazier than people that go to church he goes i guess not <laughs> exactly i don't know like we said it's all a form of prayer meditation whatever you want to call it yes uh yeah so zach is a member of MUFON. he has this giant MUFON book um but basically, you like pay a fee, and then I think there are meetings you can go to and Shut stuff. Shut up! Yeah, I wouldn't go to a MUFON yeah, meeting. Hell do yeah, hell yeah. about it. Oh yeah, I, I like to who say we're yes talking to about this with. I thought we, I think you and I maybe off air talked about joining MUFON. Maybe that's what it was. Well, I think we should. I think we should make it a promise on air that we are going to. I will join MUFON, and I will go to a meeting, and I'll do. A, and what does it stand for? Um, something UFO Network, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure, to be honest. Well, I to get back to your question, yeah, I think that they've probably been here. The Mutual UFO Network. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Mutual. Because yeah. we're all just here trying, you know what? trying to get by. We're not just getting, you know, the aliens aren't blasting us in the ass. We're not blasting them in the ass. My brother also said, uh, as upsetting as this is to me, that if aliens came down and contacted <laughs> him... And did I tell you this? I think you told me this. I, can't, I don't think you told me on air. And said, um, if you come with us right now, we'll show you everything, but we'll, we will never bring you back. That he would go? He's in a heartbeat. <laughs> he was like, I, in a heartbeat, I'd go. I was like, but what about all of us? He's like, family is not worth the yeah, same I'm as like, knowledge. He's like, I got to know. I got. He's like, I couldn't live knowing that I could know and I didn't find out. What My question is like, could you send messages back? What's the magic of experiencing something if you can't share it with those you love? Right. Thank you. When he comes to town for Christmas, I'm going to set the two of you down and you can, you can tell him this. Um, I I wonder, though, are aliens, we're kind of going on a tangent, but like, okay. we'll do, you think, do you think of aliens as being like little green men or like the gray, like big head, long arm, shiny body thing? Yeah, I think they're like probably... Oh, it's unfathomable what they're shaped like. But I think probably just generally speaking, like, it would make sense. Depends on the physics of their world, though. It's like, what if you live in, like, a water world? Not like Kevin Costner style. (laughs) Everybody's living in their own piss. By the way, go to Universal Studios California and go to the Water World show. It's one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, nice. Uh, But no, like, if you live in, like, an ocean world or something, like, you would need to not... I mean, you would be able to breathe air. You'd have gills. You'd have fins. You wouldn't have feet. So it just would depend on, like, what type of planet they came Mm -hmm. from, I guess. Um Hot take. I think they probably look like us. What if I think I think I think there are more than one t- just oh, like there uh, are more than one type of human. There's more than one type of alien. Well, just like it's what if animals are aliens? We Whoa. sound like we smoked weed and we haven't. <laughs> no, we haven't. What if like a platypus is a fucking alien? <laughs> yeah, hot take. Well, Lucy, anyway, are you an alien? We'll address all this on our future alien episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very excited about that. 
Well, after aliens, we've talked about Cuba quite a bit. Another very strong theory as to who may have been behind the assassination is Fidel Castro. Dun, dun, dun. As a congressional inquiry discovered in 1975, the CIA hatched numerous plots to assassinate Cuban dictator Fidel Castro during Kennedy's presidency, including an attempt to poison his food. It became almost comical yeah. how many times they tried to kill him and they didn't. It was like a Keystone Cops scenario. Well, have you ever seen the movie The In-Laws um, with Alan Arkin? It's from the 1970s. And the dad is, one dad's a dentist. It's two kids that are getting married, like, you know, in their 20s. And their families meet. And the dad's, one of the dads is a dentist. And the other dad's like, I'm a florist. And he's like real gruff. And like, <laughs> he looks like a CIA agent. And the dentist is like, I don't know. I feel like he's like, he's like a G-man. And the wife's like, honey, no, you're wrong. And the bit is that he go, his assignment is to go to this uh, like a Cuban-like communist country and assassinate the dictator, pretty much. And he like mm. gets on a plane, and then the dentist guy accidentally gets on the plane with them. Uh, and so it's like he's some hilarity, like, yeah, hilarity ensues. But yeah, it sounds like a combination of grumpy old men and um, was it Meet the Parents? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's re- and the guy, the dictator is really obsessed with velvet paintings, and so like <laughs> he has like a velvet painting of like a tiger, and then they're like. Oh, we noticed the flag was taken down outside, and the dictator's like, "Oh yes, I got a new flag. Do you want to see it?" <laughs> it's velvet. Well, flag. they pulled it down. It's a velvet portrait of the dictator with his arm around a topless hot lady. <laughs> it's like a velvet <laughs> painting, and the guy goes, "Oh, is that Mrs. Dictator?" And he goes, "No, she's a prostitute." <laughs> so fucking good. <laughs> good lord. He's, he talks to his hand. He puts like lipstick around his hand. He's like, "My, I'm very thirsty." <laughs> His when stuff. did this come out? The 1970s is so good. <laughs> Highly recommend. I so, might have to watch you know, this. If, if Castro was like that, I wouldn't want to kill him. He seemed like a nice guy. He he was, I mean, after he fell, I think the whole world was kind of like, he's just an old man oh, that doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Some believed Castro might have had Kennedy killed in retaliation for the U.S. trying to kill him. Even LBJ harbored such suspicions. In a 1967 phone call to Acting Attorney General Ramsey Clark that was secretly recorded, LBJ described a rumor he'd heard about how Castro had captured plotters against him and tortured them into revealing that they were working for the CIA. I want to tell you, some of our boys were captured. They started putting things in their bungholes, <laughs> and they confessed that they work for us. Oh, my knife fell out of my pocket. Hang on. <laughs> Also, wouldn't it be kind of convenient for LBJ to have this suspicion if he knew that he was the one that fucking did this? Information. Well, in 1977, when asked about it, Castro said that killing Kennedy would have been absolute insanity because the U.S. might have attacked Cuba in retaliation. That is true. But can anyone really believe Castro? Yeah, I guess not. So. Apparently, Castro was sort of like, he just wanted the U.S. to stay out of Cuba. He wasn't interested in, like, taking out the president. Because he's a tiny Like ass. most people. They just want us to just, mind our own fucking business. Yeah, I just want to be left alone. And he was like, I, uh, we don't want to get blowed up. Like, we're a tiny island. Yeah. And you're a huge-ass military power right 90 miles Y'all away. Y'all do you. We'll do us. Leave us alone. <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't Castro. But could it have been Cuban exiles? With the 1959 Cuban Revolution that brought Fidel Castro to power, many Cubans left Cuba to live in the United States. Many of these exiles hoped to overthrow Castro and return to Cuba. Their hopes were dashed with the failed Bay of Pigs invasion in 1961, and many blamed President Kennedy for the failure. Yep. 
The House Select Committee on Assassinations concluded that some militant Cuban exiles might have participated in Kennedy's murder. These same exiles worked closely with CIA operatives in violent activities against Castro's Cuba. I think it's a red herring. Communism is a red herring. (laughs) Isn't that from Clue? Uh Yeah, it's a red herring. I don't think it was uh, Cuban exiles. It wasn't Cuba. I don't think they had the resources. No. Um, It's more likely to be something closer. The CIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Also, this, which could have played into just another reason, like we said, the the laundry list of the CIA. Or the mafia. The military-industrial complex. The military-industrial complex refers to the alliance of Pentagon officials and defense contractors. In his farewell speech in 1961, President Dwight Eisenhower warned America against the dangers of such a relationship. I'll just say, I'm not some kind of, like, hippie... (laughs) Whatever. But there are, I believe, as a former investment advisor, there are a few things that maybe shouldn't be publicly traded. Like, and I think arms. Like guns. Like guns, (laughs) arms, military shit. But then the problem is that, like, even if it's a private company, that's, then that's a person looking out for themselves. You know, so it's a, it's a, it's a, I think I spoke too soon on that because I'm like, oh, it's a bad idea. Because at least if it's publicly traded, you get to see their documents and, like, where they spend Mm. their money. And if it's private, then they can do whatever they want, Tony Stark style. I don't know. What needs to happen is. Well, if Tony Stark comes out of this, by all means. I was going to say, a defense contractor needs to get kidnapped, go into a cave, become Iron Man, then we'll be happy. Yeah. Well, according to author James Douglas. Shout out. Kennedy was assassinated because he was turning away from the Cold War and seeking a negotiated peace with the Soviet Union. Yep, that pissed off the mafia unions because it's not a war for them to build ships. And the CIA. Pissed off the CIA because there's not spies and shit to do. Pissed off the military-industrial complex because there's no guns to sell. Wanted to get out of Vietnam. Everything boils down to we're going to lose money. Straight up. Douglas argued that this was not the kind of leadership the CIA, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the military-industrial complex wanted in the White House. And at the time, a book came out, I can't think of the name of it, but it was a fiction book came out that was about a young progressive president going against the Joint Chiefs of Staff recommendations. Then they stage a coup, and Mm. they kill him. And Kennedy was like, that could easily happen to me. Life imitates art. You know. Oliver Stone's JFK, very popular film, was also based around this theory. L. Fletcher Prouty, Chief of Special Operations for the Joint Chiefs of Staff under Kennedy, and the person who inspired the character Mr. X in the film, wrote that Kennedy's assassination was actually a coup d'etat. Oh, just like the book. Mm -hmm. Interesting, interesting. I think the CIA, the military-industrial complex, the mafia, were all in bed together. Yeah. So it makes sense that any of them or all of them could have contributed to having him taken out. And they're all going to benefit. Oh, yeah. So it's, again, like maybe one of them did a little bit more. Yeah. But they all kind of were like in the know of what was going to happen. And when it's like, oh, the president was assassinated. Now LBJ is going to be president. We're going to go to Vietnam. And the CIA did it. But the military industrial complex is like, wink. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Well, here's a fun one. We're going to kind of get into... Those were all kind of the... Somewhat reasonable. Somewhat reasonable. Some very reasonable. Here's some that are probably not the way it went down, but still fun to think about. Rafael Cruz. In 2016, in what felt like a fever dream, then-presidential nominee Donald Trump 
publicly slandered fellow Republican nominee Ted Cruz by hinting at the notion that Ted's father, Raphael, had been involved in the assassination. This was based on a photo published by the National Enquirer that they claimed showed Raphael distributing communist propaganda with Oswald in New Orleans months before the shooting. Well, I'll say this is pretty legitimate because Raphael Cruz is already a proven terrorist by bringing that piece of shit Ted Cruz into the world. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> of course, Ted went on record saying how ludicrous this was. But he is a garbage lizard person, and no one should believe anything that comes out of his mouth, so who really knows? Have you seen his trash beard that he grew? Ugh. It looks like he maybe, like, was drawing on a chalkboard and sneezed, and a bunch of dust got on his face. <laughs> oh, like that that thing when you were a kid, you it, you used the magnets to uh -huh. make Dapper the beard? Dan. Dapper Dan. <laughs> Dapper Dan. That's what he looks like. He looks yeah. like a Dapper Dan. He looks like an idiot. One of my other favorite things about this is, I can't remember the guy's name, but the, the man who owns... National Enquirer. Yeah, he's friends with Trump. They're very good friends. So after this came out, Trump was like, uh, I don't know why anybody thinks this is crazy. This They're a very critically acclaimed publication. And, and if this had been the New York Times, they would win a Pulitzer. And they these guys got uh, OJ and uh, John Edwards, and they know what they're doing. I'm like, shut the fuck up, man. It's like, uh, have you ever seen the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer? Oh, yeah, I love where it. Where she's like, um, I believe I ordered the large cappuccino. <laughs> and she's like, go and get me the paper. And he's like, Mom, do you refer to the Weekly World News as <laughs> the, the paper? paper? The yeah. paper. Your giant head. Yeah. To... Lay down your giant head. That's right. And he's a like, great movie. Pull on the base of rollers. <laughs> so that I was can do a, a Scottish big staple in my uh, high school It's so years. good. And the soundtrack's so it's good. Great. It's a great Bill movie. Hartman in fucking So I Married an Axe Murder, I'll never be that funny. That's yeah. the funniest thing. That and Barry, the monologue from uh, oh, when Gary Carlson, like the two greatest fucking comedy Barry scenes Barry was so great. That's one of the best shows that has come out in yeah. the past 10 years. Fucking so good. Good. Go watch Barry. But yeah, he, uh, I think Ted Cruz uh, is definitely the Zodiac Killer and probably his dad killed JFK because yeah, yeah, their yeah. trash family have contributed nothing but yeah. grief, strife, turmoil, <laughs> oppression, and uh, sadness and ugliness wherever they go. So maybe this makes the most sense. Yeah. Number one theory. <laughs> Number one theory now. Another one that's fun. Of course, we got to talk about the Illuminati. They, they have their hand in everything. They, oh, yes, they do. Well, it's been suggested that JFK was on the outs with this secretive elite cult because he wanted to end the Vietnam War. A conflict that was paying the shadowy bankers. The Rothschild family. Handsome dividends. The Illuminati were also angered by JFK's attempts to rein in the power of the U.S. Federal Reserve, making him even more of a liability. It's one of those things you can't go against the shadow government. So maybe, I mean, they're kind of on the same list as the CIA and military industrial complex. Maybe they're related. I mean, they all, there's a lot of crossover there. Well, and I'm sure people that are in the CIA are also in the Illuminati. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of crossover. And... We're saving the best for last. This is, without a doubt, what happened. This is my most likely theory. This is what I like to call Heather McKinney's shrimp bullet theory. Yes. It's not my theory. <laughs> um, I like to think it's your theory. <laughs> so, William Cooper was a naval security intelligence officer in the early 1970s. He says he was privy to secret documents about the Kennedy assassination. In an interview with KUTV News in Salt Lake City, Bill recounted the contents of the documents he read as a government agent. According to him, 
The plot to assassinate JFK involved the CIA, the Secret Service, Division 5 of the FBI, and the Office of Naval Intelligence. Which is how he got a hold of the documents, because he was a naval intelligence officer. Okay, makes sense. And we just said that we agree that probably all those people were also involved. So, so far, not that crazy. Nope, so far, so good. The CIA and the security community considered JFK a security threat. This could be due to his interest in brokering peace with Russia, his plan to dismantle the CIA, his brother Bobby's pursuit of organized crime, or the fact that JFK frequently disregarding the opinions of the Joint Chiefs of Staff when making military decisions, like with the Bay of Pigs. So there's a lot of reasons why yes, yes. he would have been a target. So far, like so we it all makes about. sense. Later in life, Cooper claimed that Kennedy was killed because he was about to reveal that extraterrestrials were in the process of taking over the Earth, and here we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you grab a nice uh, package of Reynolds aluminum foil yeah. you want to pull out a big square piece <laughs> fold it into a triangle mm -hmm. make a little spot for your head and now you're ready to go now you're ready to go bill has a video showing that william greer the secret service agent who was driving the car during the motorcade yep. with kennedy in it turn around point a pistol over his right shoulder and shoot the president in the head yes the weapon was not an ordinary pistol but an electrically operated, gas-powered assassination pistol built especially for the CIA. Yep. There is no puff of smoke because the gun is a pneumatic air-operated device. Yep. Now, question. Go. Is this something that actually exists, or is this his theory as to why the gun wouldn't have been smoking in the car? Well, I'll just remind you, if you've seen the movie No Country for Old Men, <laughs> that pneumatic weapons are a thing. And if you've ever seen the 1990s family drama Picket Fences, <laughs> the only episode I remember as a kid for funsies was shooting a potato gun, oh. shot at a car, mm. and it wrecked and it killed the person. <gasps> Golly. I'm pretty sure he shot the car. He might have shot somebody in the head. There's also like air rifles. That's true. Air power, like air powered rifles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the bullet, also not an ordinary bullet, it was an exploding pellet containing shellfish toxins that then shot those into JFK's brain. This was a fail safe. In case the explosion of the pellet did not kill him, the shellfish poison would. It's a great idea. You know what? <laughs> You, it's overkill, right? That's what you want to do. It is overkill. But also, again, is this all just this crazy man's... Uh, he's just been lying awake for way too long thinking Christy, about what may have happened. He was a naval intelligence officer in the 1970s. Let's not act like he's just some guy. Okay. Not like your quote-unquote expert calling Marion Brown a crackpot. <laughs> Dave Perry. Dave Perry. He rude. is local. I would love to get him on the show. We, you know what? I apologize, sir. <laughs> talk to, please come on the show and talk about shrimp pellets. I would love for William Cooper to come on the show, too. He died in 2001. Oh, sorry. Well, rest in peace. Well, Cooper claims this is why JFK's brain was switched out with a different brain between Parkland and Bethesda Naval Hospital. Exactly. They didn't want to have the... The autopsy test the brain. Show a bunch of shellfish. And, the, the and they're goo. like, how did a shrimp get in this guy's brain? It's like brain? goddamn shrimp fested red lobster. <laughs> this guy loved seafood. He did. It's loved so much it got in his brain. That's what, you know what? It's part of him now. Cooper also says Lee Harvey Oswald was a patsy. 
He posits that Oswald was never on the sixth floor, but that a photograph shows Oswald standing out in front of the depository as JFK's motorcade drove by. I saw this photo. I have not seen this photo. I saw this photo. It's on the video. I'll put it in the show notes on the video on YouTube. Uh, it is definitely Oswald or Foswald. Okay, so maybe it was Foswald. It could have been Foswald. And Oswald's up in the window. Oswald could have been in the window. Foswald could have been or on the ground. Or vice versa. is there time for it to have been Oswald and then him run up to the sixth floor? <sighs> I don't think so. Okay. Especially because uh, around the sixth floor window is a bunch of fried chicken and soda cans <laughs> yeah. or soda well, bottles. Also, he, we all know from the fried chicken and soda... He wasn't out there on the street. He was up there enjoying himself before he was about <laughs> he to shoot the president. A bucket before he yeah. shot the president. <laughs> I wonder if it was original or extra crispy. Oh, yeah. Original recipe, definitely. Mm-hmm. Cooper claims the CIA has not silenced him because he is too vocal and his death would cause too much attention. Well, that is a very arrogant. In the 1970s, he wrote all this out on postcards, and he says in the interview he spent $27,000 of his own money oh, to, like, mail it all around the world so that if he were to be killed, it would be like, it's not like, I wrote, I wrote it all in a manifesto in my house. Well, they get it and they burn it. He Who did he send them to? Just, I think, Randos? random people. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. If you received one of these postcards, please let us know. You remember when, did you have chain letters? Like handwritten chain letters when you were a kid? Maybe one or two, like, to my mom. Okay. And my mom would throw them out. And I was like, Mom, you'll have bad luck. And she's like, whatever. She threw it in that <laughs> I trash. already got it. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> she's not Roseanne. <laughs> um, I remember getting letters where it was like, but it was like your friend would send it to you. Oh, okay. But it was. So this is like a uh, uh, physical email forward? Yes. Oh, well, this was in the 80s when email wasn't a thing yet. But you would get it and it'd be like, you now have to write out nine letters and send it to nine people you know. My mom's like, I ain't going to write out nine letters. It was a total bitch. But then it was like, you'll have bad luck forever if you don't. It's kind of like the one. Yeah. I mean, you still get that shit. Or Facebook posts. Yeah. Your grandma sends you like one prayer (laughs) or keep scrolling to go to hell. (laughs) Always scroll. Mm -hmm. Further. Cooper claims that Jackie never said anything because she saw firsthand the Secret Service members meant to protect her family murder her husband. For the rest of her and her children's lives, they would be guarded 24-7 by the same people responsible for JFK's death. So basically, that's the... He argues... Well, that's probably not wrong. Yeah. Well, he argues that when she's trying to jump out of the car and Clint Hill jumps on the back oh. and, like, shoves her back in the car, that he's like, get back in the car. Um, so, so he's saying Clint Hill was in on it, too? Well, so I'm torn. So Clint Hill, I watched an interview with him and later, later, later in his life after he... He didn't revisit Dallas for something like 30 years after this. I, like, I get it. He's like, I basically think I had PTSD and I finally oh, talked to Oh, hell yeah. I'm sure they all did. Yeah, he's like, I talked to a counselor and, like, he goes, I basically felt like I failed. And it was a super sincere interview so the uh douglas book the jfk and the unspeakable basically talks about how like the stuff that happened really like happened at upper levels and that like low-level cia agents like or uh, secret service agents like maybe didn't really know about it or in this case there have been conspiracy theories that clint hill was actually in love with Jackie. Jackie. And that even if it was like she's never going to reciprocate, but like we're going to kill JFK, he's like, well, just don't hurt her. Oh. And so when she's like falling out of the car or jumping out of the car, he just wanted to protect her and he jumps out of the motorcade car behind her, runs around, jumps up yeah. and saves her, which like someone please write fan fiction about that. <laughs> oh, there's 100% it's out there and I'm sure my husband has read it. 
It's <laughs> and by fan fiction I mean por- pornography fan fiction. Oh uh, every time I'm like say something, he's like, "Yeah, I mean, there's lots of porn fan fiction about that." And I'm like, well, "How do you know all?" He's like, of this? "People are always write about Marge yeah. Simpson and Ned Flanders." And you're oh, like, wait, what? Yeah, there's definitely that too. Well, Bill Cooper wrote, "Behold a pale horse." Famous, famous conspiracy book. And is a famous conspiracy theorist. And the shrimp bullet theory is not only his theory, but our dear Heather's as well. I think parts of that could be true. You you do think parts of it? Well, I think that the CIA and everybody were in bed together and that... Something happened to his brain. I don't think it was taken because they were worried that there was a shrimp living in it. I think that um, they were they didn't want to they didn't want them to see that the bullet had come from the front, and they were trying to uh, brush that under the rug. A lot of people also think Bobby Kennedy took the brain because yeah. they didn't want it to be known from the autopsy all the drugs he was on and how sick he really was yeah he had advanced stage syphilis which does cause lesions on your brain Mm -hmm. and then also like addison's disease he was on all those drugs not the ones from dr feelgood but he was on other drugs imagine for a moment that bobby did take it can you imagine having to be put in that position where you're like i gotta do this like, you what do you even your use to take brain? your fucking, his brain out? Tupperware. The lid never falls off. <laughs> you couldn't find the lid, though. Um, no, so you just used foil, and then it became a huge mess. Poor Bobby. Well, in 2017, the CIA released some documents as part of the 1992 Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act. President Trump, as much as I hate to call him that made public a bunch of previously classified CA documents. This is just like from the US National Archives. He it was passed in nineteen ninety two and they were like on a timeline and they're like Well they said in twenty five years you can release this information. And it's like, hey Mr. Trump, do you want to release it or not? And he's like, Yeah, okay. It's not like he like did anything. You know what no. I mean? Like he takes credit, he's like, I'm the one that released the JFK no. and you're like, well it but was like, whoever was in office twenty five years later was gonna be the one to do this. Bill Clinton. He had nothing to do with it. Nineteen ninety two is Bill Clinton, right? Yes, yes. But 25 years from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I'm Bill saying Clinton's like, the one that signed the legislation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But any whoever was president in 2017, it didn't it's not like Trump did anything special no. to have this no. fucking thing. Well, unfortunately, nothing juicy really came of it. There was no in, no new information about Oswald's trip to the Russian embassy in Mexico City. Lots of things were still blacked out. And at the behest of the CIA and FBI, several documents that were supposed to be released weren't because Trump fucking crumbled to him. He was all big, like, people need to know I my plan is to release everything. I want to- Ted Cruz's dad to go down for yeah. this. And then at zero hour 30, when the CIA is knocking at his door, like, uh, hey, could we not? He decides to, I think, it put another three year hold on it or something like that. It leaves one to wonder, what are they still trying to hide? Too much. So, what do we think? Lucy, what do you think? Lucy's Lucy here as definitely usual. thinks is a shrimp bullet. No, <laughs> Lucy, because you want a shrimp. I think that the most likely is the, like we were saying, some sort of a cabal of like mm-hmm. the CIA and like um, high level, high ranking, like military officials, just because, especially if you listen to or read JFK and the Unspeakable, it's just lengthy 
provable. There's like recordings of uh, JFK meetings with like the Joint Chiefs where he basically tells them to like get bent. Like he's mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to do that. So there's just like measurable instances where JFK was disregarding the norms, like disregarding, you know, what a president was kind of like expected to do, kind of fall in line. You're, and also he was like a younger president, and I think they thought, oh, he's going to be malleable. We can mm-hmm. like make him do whatever he wants. But then they're like, he is mouthy and <laughs> does his own thing. He's always banging Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Hollering well, about his in back. His defense, I mean, she was a knockout. Yeah, yeah, she's gorgeous. She's perfect. But yeah, I think uh, that he was he angered the wrong people, and whether it was the Illuminati or the CIA or whatever, then that's basically what it was. Uh, shout out to Julia Sakura. She's like, I feel like it's any theory that has time travel. And so I was like, what if the alien technology let you time travel? Ooh. And the CIA was like, we can't let him have that because if he time tra- if he gets murdered or he's going to time travel to the future, see that he was murdered, come back, get oh. real mad, and fire us. Speaking of time travel. Shout out to Stephen King. Oh yeah, eleven twenty two sixty three. Watch the Hulu show uh, shot here in Dallas based on the book eleven twenty two sixty three. It does involve time travel, and it stars uh, known sex predator James Franco. <sighs> That one hurt. God, it sucks. I have a James Franco t-shirt where he's I taking a selfie. Loved him. And then on the pocket is the selfie that he's taken. And it is such a good shirt. And I cannot and Freaks wear and it. Freaks and Geeks is one of my all-time God, favorite love- shows. I'm doing the Judd Apatow master class right I'm now. I'm so proud of you. That uh, sounds amazing. Yeah. And Freaks and Geeks is uh, it's so huge, good. amazing show. And I knew like when, when the whole Me Too movement was really taking off, I was like, any day. Well, I mean, it was any before that, too. Gonna, I mean, I, that it was going like to become leaking. like, yeah, yeah, he was going to get dragged. But... If you need to slide in some DMs, mine are open, James Franco. (laughs) Or Tom Hiddleston or John Cusack. Well, a lot of people would ask, but why Oswald? And Mm -hmm. here's why I think. So, he was a known defector to the Soviet Union. And if he is the patsy and Kennedy had been all pro-Soviet Union and we're trying to split ties with them, how convenient is it where we're like, oh, look at this known communist that used to live in the Soviet Union that has ties to Russia. The communist killed our president. Yeah, he, Russia killed our president. Don't we hate them? Don't we want nothing to do with them? Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. And I think, and in the book I sent you... The excerpts from not the one that was written by Richard Belzer from Law and Order SVU, oh. <laughs> who that was actually a very well researched book, but the one that was by the doctor and it was all the medical doctors. Um, he talked about how there was a FBI uh, a letter. One of the things that got revealed in the as part of the Assassination Records Collection Act was uh, a letter from the FBI, uh, an FBI official that basically said it is good for the country. It's good for all of us. If we just have a really quick resolution as to who did this, mm-hmm. like, cut, well, like all big crimes. Yeah. It's like cut the police out of it, cut any the secret service out of it. Let's just say the FBI is handling it. We're going to handle it. And it was Oswald. How easy is that? Shut it down. That's how you get a Netflix documentary made about you. I heard it. Well, there's a lot to take in. You can draw your own conclusions. We'd love to hear from you as to what you think it may have been. If you have a new theory, if if you support one of these. Let us know. Please let us know. So we got some shout outs. We got a lot of shout outs. So many. This week. I mean, what a great position to be in to have so many. Uh, these- it's better than screaming into the void. Yes, yes. Uh, the first one, a huge, huge shout out to Liz, who runs the Instagram account at my favorite Karen Kilgariff. Uh, it's very funny. She takes Karen's best tweets and posts them, and it's very funny. And she plugged us uh, 
last night and just in a few hours things blew up yeah so, so welcome thank to you us. so much all the new listeners who are yes. listening because of uh seeing us on that instagram and we appreciate it and we saw some comments from some but there was i mean there's like a hundred yeah. comments on that so thank you for to liz and uh you know a couple people that were on there deviant diva and kate robinson and of course, Julie Sakura and Hannah Vaughn are good com- yes. comedian friends for shouting us out. But there were a lot of people that said they were listening and they loved it and they were binging it. And it really means a lot to us. And we sincerely appreciate it. Yeah. Also, Theater Jones and Kevin Bean, who writes for Theater Jones, who is a fellow comedian and improviser, uh, they just wrote a very nice article about us that we've posted on our Facebook page, but we're going to share it on our Instagram soon, too. It's all about the live show we did at Dallas Comedy House yeah. over Halloween weekend. So thank you to you guys. Brandis Wilgus. Big shout out to her. Uh, lots of sweet things she said. Also, she's going to hook us up with some sweet Jack Black lip balm, which I am very excited about. Lip balm made by the famous actor Jack yeah. Black. <laughs> yeah. Little did you know, uh, comedy sometimes doesn't work out for him. So when it doesn't, he turns to the balm. Fantastic skincare products. Yeah. Daniel Alter for um, some information on the follow-up to Dyatlov Pass. Which oh, yeah. We are going to be doing a mini-sode. Uh, to kind of give an update on some stuff that has now come to light about the Dyatlov Pass incident. So if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check that out for our next Hear No Evil mini-sode. We have also got Doug Carvel, uh, always a fan and such a nice guy. He emailed us um, a very interesting topic that I wasn't very familiar with, so I'm interested to research this. Take a deep dive. Shout out to Brandon Davidson, who is a very mm. funny comedian recommended us on facebook and tagged us so we were able to see that thank you yes you have a very special shout out what's my special shout out um mr peter mcnichol (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that shout out to dallas native oh i didn't know that classic one of my all-time favorite actors. I told you, I think he's oddly attractive. First of all, oddly attractive. He's like, yeah, he's like Benedict Cumberbatch. I also like... feel that way when you mentioned, is it Richard Belzer? Oh, really? Lord, I feel like he's got a weird, sexy thing I feel thing like Richard Bel- Belzer is like uh, real-life Dale Gribble, and I can't. But he also kind of looks like uh, oh, shoot. a Simpsons character. No, the, the guy who, <laughs> God damn it, the famous actor that played the fly. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, he kind of looks like a weird Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. But and also weirdly attractive. Very sexy. So anyways, sexy Peter McNichol. He played the biscuit on Allie McBeal. He played uh, the Janos in Ghostbusters 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in a ton of stuff. Anyway, he uh, we mentioned him on Twitter and he uh, liked our tweet, our Sinisterhood tweet, or my tweet about Sinisterhood. That's amazing. And you, know what? And you, you, you had a little, me. you had a little back and forth last him. summer, last yeah. summer. I think I just tweeted like, uh, you're a really good actor and I like you. And he was just like, this was a really nice message. What a nice, genuine He's person. Very, you got to go and follow Peter McNichol on Twitter. The content is top notch. It's not like self-promotion. He'll just like post, like he posted, he's like, like posts like weird old uh like postcards that are like paintings from like the 1940s, but that are like thematic to what's like either going on in the world or like if it's fall like he's like here's some postcards that are you know norman rockwell paintings about fall it's just very good high quality content pure genuine biscuit never let us down (laughs) love you hashtag that's what uh, tommy calls ella oh biscuit Biscuit. (laughs) so follow peter mcnichol and my favorite karen kilgariff 
um, Theater Jones, and us. Yeah, definitely. And if you like us, all of our new listeners, please let us know. Uh, the best thing you can do to help us grow is to like, review, and subscribe on like iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you listen to. Uh, let other people know it really helps us out. And also it's even more helpful if you tell a friend or multiple friends, much like uh, my favorite Karen Kilgariff did, uh, that you like us. Yeah. It means a lot to us and it just like helps us get more exposure again. So we're not shouting into the void. Yes. And if you want to follow us, you can on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod. And you can like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. Heather, where can they find you? Find me on Instagram at Heather vs the world. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. You know, it sounded like a Lil Wayne, how oh. Lil Wayne would say Instagram. Oh, right. That's just me being country. That's me being me. Uh, Heather vs the world on Instagram and MCK vs the world on Twitter. Where about you? I can be found on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and on Twitter at Christy or GTFO. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Sin